Welcome to the Life Unlimited Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice so you can confidently live your life your way for life. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Life Unlimited with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. I'm Larry's producer, Eric, and I'm here to learn along with you, the listening audience. Larry, how are you? I'm doing terrific today, Eric. How are you? I am fantastic. I know we've got a pretty weighty subject today, but before we even get into it, I know that you've created a checklist for this, and and that's going to be a great resource and a valuable resource for any listener. And at the end, you're going to give uh, some information of how they can find that, right? Absolutely. Okay. I I didn't want that to go by without saying it. So what are we talking about today? So today we are are talking about kind of a sad situation, but important situation. And we're talking about when you become either a widow or a widower. Unfortunately, we've seen it a lot in our business over the the years. And there's uh, some steps that you need to incorporate into some of the planning if if that happens. So I thought I would kind of go through that and go through some of the steps and talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think 99% of the population, if they're married, one of them's going to become a widow, uh, a widow or widower. It's rare that people go at the same time. So it's going to yeah, Absolutely. And you know what we've seen over the years, for the most part, one of the two spouses is what I call the financial spouse, and the other spouse is the non-financial spouse. And they, a lot of people play off their strengths. So the non-financial mm-hmm. spouse kind of lets the other spouse take the lead on this. And what happens is when that spouse sometimes dies, the other one is left really clueless sometimes. And we've actually had widows come into us and they've rolled a suitcase in with all the statements and all the paperwork. Mm-hmm. And that's changing a little bit, but that's actually a, a, true, a true story. So, and then, you know, we've had clients come in and the spouses really didn't want to come in. Oh, they don't really handle that. And it's really important to have the spouse at least know enough about that. And it makes a huge difference. The difference between the clients that we've worked with and prepared for this spouse, we're actually going to implement something we're going to call the fire drill. We're going to start doing that. No, probably not till next year. And we're going to have a fire drill and Hmm. kill off one of the spouses and just to see, make sure every step is taken care of. Um, And some of those steps we're going to talk about in the, in the checklist. So the more that, the more that you can do, the better, the better you will be. Unfortunately, a few months ago, one of our clients who had just turned 70 and really had retired full-time. He was working part-time as an attorney. Mm -hmm. I got a call from their son out of the blue, totally unexpected. And he passed away in his sleep. Mm. And we had done a lot of the planning. He was the financial spouse. The the wife um, had come to a couple of meetings early, but didn't really want to know about that or really was interested about that. And the, the husband was like, but you have to know where everything is and that it's all set up and we've got, we've met with Larry and you can call him and he'll be able to walk you through all the steps. Ironically, this particular this couple, uh, we were trying to get them to finalize a will for years and they finalized it literally months before he passed, passed away. Wow. But more importantly, we created now, instead of having paper, we create, we have our own online portal where everything possibly that they can have is in this portal. 
Mm-hmm. So it makes life so much easier. Like you said, 99% of the people will be a, a widow or a widower one day to know where everything, everything is. I, I've seen years later where a spouse got a letter from an investment that they didn't know they existed, or they went on to the website and there's a website you can look for unclaimed funds. And they found that they had unclaimed funds somewhere down the road. Yeah. Um, We've had, I think I talked about this once before, but we've actually had a, a the child of the second spouse almost pay for their funeral twice because the father had prepaid mm. for both of their funerals and never told the wife. And literally two days before the housekeeper found this paperwork that said that their funeral was prepaid. So it would be so much easier if everything was incorporated in one place that everyone could, everyone could see. So the more that you can do, the more that you can plan and the easier it will be. And I can't tell you how grateful the spouse is now and how she's going through an emotional time. And mm-hmm. the last thing she really ha- wants to worry about is everything financially, knowing that she has a place to see, knowing that she has us to help us through this and being comfortable with us. Because most, most people, when they pass away, especially women, they change their financial advisor because they haven't been part of the conversations and know that person and have a connection to that person. Yeah. So when we make it an effort to bring that, bring the spouse in, but if you're sitting out there and you're listening to the podcast and you're one of those spouses, or you are the financial spouse, maybe you should have a conversation and bring your your wife or your husband into one of those meetings and talk to your advisor about creating a portal or a checklist that you can have. Because we know that's going to happen one of these days and mm-hmm. better off being prepared for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a there's a part where there's a calm in the storm, right? I mean, that's there's so much stuff going on. And like you said, that's one thing off her plate or his plate when it, when it comes to that time, there's so many other things to focus on, right? Your, your own mental health, your family, your children, your grandchildren, everybody's going to be missing that your spouse, um, including you. And man, that, that taking that off of somebody's plate is huge. Absolutely. And there's no need to rush into a lot of things. Some things you're going to want to do pretty quickly, um, such as um, Social Security and usually the funeral homes, at least in New York, take care of that for you and changing the Social Security. Um, and a lot of things can can be done over time. So we're going to talk about some of those items that should that should be done. All right. Where do we start? So let, let, let's start first. Let's start with kind of the, ca- you know, the cash flow. So again, this, the non-financial spouse, the widow, or, or even if they were involved in it, now they were kind of going along and receiving income uh, from different sources and paying bills. So now they kind of kind of get a handle on that. Well, if they weren't paying the bills, now maybe they have to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Where is the income coming from? Is there a pension? Um, what about the Social Security? Is there a required minimum distribution? Where does all that income go? And how do you go ahead and, and pay the bills? So so it, so you, you want to kind of go through that and take a look at that. And like I mentioned, the Social Security, because it's different. There's survivor benefits for Social Security that can be different than what you're, what you're receiving now. So you want to make the adjustments to that. So really putting together and understanding what the cash flow is First of all, it'll give you a little bit more of a comfort level when we go through that with the surviving Mm -hmm. spouse saying, oh, here's your income. 
here's your expenses, uh, and then running a retirement plan or a cash flow analysis to show them nothing's really going to change, that it's going to continue going, continue going through that. So, um, you know, one of the other steps, which I'll just talk about now is insurance. So maybe there is a life insurance policy out there. So again, having those policies, having a, a, a copy of the policy in the portal, so they know where those policies are and the life insurance, if they do have life insurance is not overlooked because that's not mm -hmm. automatic. You have to contact the life insurance company and request um, a, a, benef a beneficiary form so you can receive the life insurance. So really getting a little bit better handle on the cash flow will alleviate some of the maybe fears and worries do I have enough money? Where is it coming from? And then coordinating some of the income taxes. Uh, what, are, what are some of the tax issues that you have? Getting your accountant involved uh, and letting your accountant know uh, how that may change going forward and getting some of the his recommendations. So uh, cash flow is one step. Tax issues is, is another. There's some other tax issues that are, that are important that you need to know. Uh, one of them is uh, is your house. So, Eric, do you know mm. if you sell your house, okay, how much of a capital gain can you um, defer or exclude from the sale when both spouses are alive? When both are alive, if I'm not mistaken, it's five hundred thousand. Perfect. Yes, it's oh, five hundred thousand. Right. <laughs> yep. You're, you're you're right. So, however, if you now pass away, one spouse pass away, eventually mm. you're going to lose that, but you get two years to do that. Okay. So it's, a, it's enough time. You don't have to rush to sell the house if you're thinking about selling the house, but just keep that in mind. That's one thing to keep in mind if you have a large gain and you are thinking about selling the house in a couple of years, there may be a difference between two years and three years. Yeah. So tax issues is important. Another tax issue is what we call a stepped up in basis. So, and sometimes this can go uncorrected. So it's a little bit easier now with technology with a lot of custodians out there. But if you have a joint account and I'm just gonna throw, let's say you have an account and it's $500,000 and it's a joint account. And when one spouse dies, half of that count gets to be what's called stepped up. So what you paid okay. for it, let's say that account is worth 500,000, but you bought it for you original cost basis was 300,000. Mm -hmm. So half of the 200, half of the 500,000. Now that cost basis goes to 250,000 where originally that cost basis was 150,000, half of the 300,000. Okay. So you, you want this stepped up a basis because now if you decide to, you're going to sell, you're going to be able to pay less taxes on the sell. So it's mm -hmm. very important to make sure that you step up half of the assets that were joint accounts. And of course, if the asset was entirely owned by the deceased, that asset's gonna get a 100% step up in basis. So, uh, so it's important as a tax issue and making sure that you do that, do that. Another tax issue is the required minimum distributions and an IRA account and how that, how that works. Uh, depending upon whether you're 72 or not 72. And if the beneficiary is the spouse, it's the one time where an IRA can be rolled over into the spouse's IRA and then be used as her required minimum distribution.
So making sure that you're that you're looking at your retirement accounts and the required minimum distribution. So tax issues is, a, is another step. Yeah. A uh, third step I kind of mentioned upon this is really is the, the life insurance, really all insurances. So do you have long-term care insurance and how does that impact the surviving spouse and making sure the surviving spouse continues to pay the premiums for, for that? Your medical coverage, is that going to change if your spouse had coverage through, through work? Is that going to change? So insurance is another, another step and another item you want to look, look at. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say that it's obviously very important. We, we actually had some friends that um, the husband passed away. It was there was it was a cancer diagnosis, so much younger than you know what you would think of as as somebody who's a widow or a widower. He passed away at forty six, and it was about six months later when his wife found out that he had a small life insurance policy from a bank that he worked at when he was in his twenties as part of his uh, compensation package. They had a a fully paid up $25,000 life insurance policy that he just had sitting there and didn't, didn't even know it. I mean, it was a wonderful, you know, surprise after six months, but at the same time she had three kids, you know, it would have been nice to be able to have that money earlier plan with it a little bit, so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, it's absolutely, it's but really... she, luckily she found out about that. I mean, yeah. there are stories where people don't. And if, like I said, there's a whole website yeah. in New York for unclaimed ass because people forgot they forgot they have them. Mm -hmm. um, there's also we actually are working with a spouse right now, and she actually came in and she's got oh, tens of tens of savings bonds mm. that were you know tucked away somewhere. And how do you what do you do with these savings bonds now? How does the, do they convert over? Do you cash them in? Mm. But a lot of people, especially in some older generations, that was one of the things they did. Now there's an online uh, version right now that, that, that you can eventually move all this to. We are trying to convert some of this, but we have some technical issues and we can't get through. Mm. <laughs> but literally the hold online is for, forever. Well, we've actually, they've actually held for three hours and still have oh. nobody picked picked up. So, so savings bonds and finding those and all these type of um, investments that can get forgotten about, like you just said, right, right there is, is important. An old IRA, especially now, state, a, lot of, a lot of companies aren't sending out statements anymore. Everything is electronic. So they could have, a, I mean, an old 401k, they could have a small 401k at a company they worked with a long time ago, and there's no hard documents and that can be lost. So making sure that you know all those documents is important. Yeah, so and I'm, I know I'm that each switch. state has those, right? I mean, uh, the, the ability to search. I've got $27 in Washington State, Larry. <laughs> just let you know, it's 27 bucks. I don't know if I want to go through the process, but I know there's $27 because I, I was just curious. So I've checked every state I've lived in and that's the only one that has any of my money. And I'm just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, good, it's a good idea to check every so, yeah. every so often. So let's switch gears and, and I'm going to really talk about another step and that's anything that has to do with estate issues. Okay. So, so you may or may not have to revise your wills, your power of attorneys, your healthcare proxies. You may, it may be fine because a lot of those, if they're done properly, they have contingencies if one of the spouses die. So your documents may be okay, but you do want to review them and see if there's any changes that need to be made or adjusted along those lines. 
And talking to an estate attorney and having those conversations, especially in the first nine months of what you want to do, and I'm not, we're not going to get into a whole estate tax issues, but you may want to what's what's called disclaim certain assets. And instead of actually taking the assets from your spouse, you may say, nah, I don't want them. I want to disclaim that so they go directly to my kids. Mm-hmm. And so, and there's estate tax reasons that you may want to do that. So it's important that we coordinate that with an estate attorney and decide which assets, how much we want to do of those assets to help prevent or help minimize potential estate taxes in the future. Hmm. Yeah. There's also potential of estate taxes due. Again, depending upon the size of your estate and how it's set up, do you owe estate taxes now? Does a Form 706 have to be prepared? So meeting with your estate attorney and coordinating that with your estate attorney is also very important. And then you know, properties and assets. Do you need to change the properties and the titles of certain assets if you own them jointly? And how do you do that? And do you have property that's out of state? So we see a lot of times people have property that's out of state and they don't realize that in the current state, they have certain laws, but they didn't understand that if they own property in another state, that state has laws that may be subject to that. So mm-hmm. you need to check in along those lines and possibly have some of this out-of-state property and in, in, set up in trust to avoid some of those. So those are some of the things that, uh, that we talk about as far as the estate, the estate taxes. And we again, this is also included on that checklist, which we'll talk a little bit more about at the end. Let's talk about a little bit some other items. I'm going to kind of group them in the estate assets, but you know, there's social media the passwords that you have, not only on social media, mm. but any of those other sites. And if do you know where those passwords are? Because if you don't, a lot of these social medias, then they're not going to be able to help you to get into these sites. Yeah. And a lot of these digital assets and pictures that you'd like to preserve could be lost. Mm-hmm. So it's important to, to, to really figure out And how do those passwords, if there is something in there that's important that you want your spouse or your children eventually to be able to get into, how do they get into a lot of these sites? Again, people don't think about that. They're not thinking about, Mm -hmm. that's not a usual topic that people are thinking about, but it's getting more more and more important than how to to do that. And there are a lot of uh, password apps and websites out there that can help with that. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up because you've actually spoken about this on a previous podcast when you were talking a little bit about cybersecurity and being safe. Uh, and we talked about passwords. And I think at that point, I can't remember the number I quoted to you, but just last week I was looking through, Larry, I have 162 passwords. It's just it's ridiculous, right? I mean, as, as business owners, I know that you are in the same situation. You've got a lot of passwords, but just a, a family with social media and with different accounts, you're going to have a ton of passwords. And if I didn't have a password keeper, as I call it, the, you know, the, the app that I use, there's no way. I mean, I'd, I'd have a big old thick book sitting in my desk, which I don't even think is safe to have a book of all my passwords at my desk. Well, I'm going to so, put you on the spot here now. All right. So does your wife 
know what the password is to get into that if something would have happened to you. Better than that, Larry, there's a there's an option there. And I pay, I think, $10 a year for her to have the same app on her phone. They're synced. So if I update a password, which I just did yesterday for, for one of my accounts, it automatically updates it in hers. And hers is unlocked by her face you know, her phone is, and so, so is mine. Uh, and yeah, so it, we share it back and forth. Uh, and that just, we just did that a couple of years ago. Yeah. Ter terrific. Now, if you're a widow or a widower, you kind of have to figure out who you maybe want to share those passwords with, with you, with a child or some, or somebody else. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So let's talk about Another item here that you want to consider and you want to address, and that's obviously investments and assets. Was there a business? If there was a business, is there a succession plan in the business? Where is the succession plan in the business? Knowing where that is up front and what to do and who to contact if something would happen to somebody is important. So uh, again, any business owner out there that's listening, um, having that game plan, potential buy-sell agreement and in place. So if something does happen that your spouse knows what to do. Mm -hmm. If you're a company executive, a corporate executive, do you have some company stock that you would uh, you invest in or how, how that works? So knowing what other company stock is out there is another important asset to be aware of. And then, then we get to the investments and, and speaking to a widow and trying to determine what the correct asset allocation and income is needed and risk tolerance is needed. So walking, that, walking somebody through that so they understand that and being able to get educated more on that or having someone help them with that. A lot of times we do see that if it's an older spouse that their children now are are back and helping them uh, mm -hmm. advise them on all these financial issues, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we covered everything, Eric. I think I touched upon all these other issues as well. There may be a couple that I haven't mentioned that will be in the, the, the checklist. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so we're going to have a checklist and there'll be a link that, to our website where you'll be able to download the checklist. A lot of things that we talked about today would be nice and easy for you to mm -hmm. kind of look at and start to think and putting this together. So it's like I mentioned uh, uh, up front, the more that you can plan and the more that you can have both spouses aware of what's going on will make life a lot easier yeah. when one of the spouses does pass away. Yeah. And that time you just, you want it to be as easy as possible. I haven't been through it, thankfully, but I know families that have, and it's, it's extremely tough. So it's, it's great to have somebody like you, Larry, on their side helping them navigate this. Um, and the checklist is going to be in the show notes so that you'll be able to click on that and get that. I think this is fantastic. Thank you, Larry, for your time. This is a not an easy subject, but it was great. Yeah. Obviously, no one wants to think about somebody passing away and, and, and dying, but uh, it, it will happen to all of us, Eric. So uh, yep. so I hope you hope everyone out there benefited from listening to this. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Larry, thank you so much. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Life Unlimited podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the follow button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And if you're watching this on YouTube right now, we'd appreciate a like and follow us there well. We humbly ask that you share this podcast and rate it and leave a review as it actually helps others to find the show. 
Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.